Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Selling is essentially a transfer of feelings. And that's by Zig Ziglar. And another quote I found, which actually our guest might have said, is the better you are at making an emotional connection between the prospect and whatever you're selling, the easier you'll find it to close sales. And that's by Wendy Connick. So before I introduce my fabulous friend and guest, Steve Saparito. Ooh, that sounds Spanish, but it's Italian, right? Saparito? That's correct. Saparito. 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 (laughs) Some people think it's Japanese and say Saparito. Oh, that'll work. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, I just want to thank you for going to LucyDumasCoaching.com and grabbing a copy of my book, 10 Big Ideas for Marketing in the Real World, getting you out from behind the computer. And then there's also a little gift seven tips for finding ideal clients. So here is the skinny about Steve Saperito. He was originally an accountant. He owned and managed three successful full-time portrait studios in Australia for 15 years. And since then, his training is helping home-based studio owners, wedding and portrait photographers, and large retail studio owners to deliver the highest standard of customer service possible. He's been training his clients to consistently achieve a 3,000 plus average, no matter what their demographics might be. His focus is getting you to create artwork that excites your clients, giving you more time to enjoy your life and make more money. And that sounds good. (laughs) So welcome, Steve, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Lucy. I've been so looking forward to speaking to you again yes. with, uh, with the lockdown. I would have had a dose of Lucy by now by going to you know one of the events that is run all over the world. For sure. And seeing you. Steve and I met, I think it was seven years ago, something popped up in my newsfeed in Facebook that was, oh, it was you and I and somebody else at, at that uh, marketing workshop and where you and I discovered we're kindred spirits. And also to let you know, I have taken Steve's, I think it was a three or four day workshop at the time. And if you're a regular listener, you know that I'm kind of the queen of sales, right? But Steve gave me some wisdom that uh, kicked everything up a notch. So anywho, so Steve, how did you go from accountant to the owner of three full-time portrait studios in Australia. And I know we don't have time for the entire, uh, probably five days of sharing on how somebody creates that. That's what your programs are about. But yeah, how did you you decide to make that switch? Well, I'd never really enjoyed accounting. I only did that as a background for business. And uh, I, I was looking for a business and I really love photography. So I bought a photography studio. So I suppose I'm one of those rare people that you know, paid a lot of money for an existing business. And in my mind, I love photography, but wasn't a photographer. So 
had to learn photography and hire photographers, hire makeup artists. And I became the business owner of that studio. Mm. Um, so my role was marketing, sales, bookings, um, and motivating the team. And I went to photography training once a month and flew into Sydney every, every month for photo, photographic training, which I did that for probably two years mm. every month. Sorry to interrupt. Who was the teacher or what was the well, program? It was, part of, it was part of a franchise at the time. It was Starshots um, was the name of the franchise mm -hmm. and uh, the franchisor had uh, a number of his team that were training uh, their photographers so I would join in on on the training um, and then I did a, a makeup course as well uh, because wow. we were a, a glamour studio at the time so I went and learned how to do makeup only because in order to hire makeup artists and um, and keep makeup artists on track I needed to know what they should be doing and what what could be done so I'm also a qualified makeup artist Lucy can you believe that Wow, I didn't know that. I when we're at convention next time, you're allowed to come to the U.S. <laughs> Maybe I'll have you do my makeup. <laughs> so, what I love from what you just said is, uh, you did not say I'm going to have a highly successful photography studio, but I'm just going to wing it. You invested in education for two years and got on an airplane and went monthly to to learn how to be a photographer. And I assume there was business training and all kinds of other, you know, things yeah. that we need to know and be able to do and be able to create a team to do for us. Well, I, I invested in lots of different business um, courses as well. So they were monthly. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't think there was a year that I didn't invest in education. Right. Um, and, and normally that was that was a monthly investment of time and money. Mm -hmm. um, and in some cases it was in multiple, I was doing multiple things. So, you know, just because I was doing learning makeup didn't mean I stopped my, um, my investment in time and money in business education. Right. So that, that business, business was consistent all the time. And then I picked up other things on top of that. Right. Yeah, I calculated once um, in my 38 years, on average, how many weeks per year I devoted to education. And if you put it all together, it was probably four weeks, um, which is why, you know, I stayed in business for 38 years, because like you, I went to conventions and I studied at week-long schools and I had mentors and I joined my local organization and participated and, you know, just continually, even now, continually grow, grow, grow and learn, learn, learn. So, yeah. yeah. It, never, it never stops. Right. Because there's always more to learn and there's twists and turns. Yeah. Well, it's not only that there's, it's not only that there's almost more, there's business changes. Um, our clients' needs change. And we need to be on top of that. Right. Well, and so, for example, because um, if people listen a lot, they know that 
Charles Lewis is somebody that I um, got a lot from back when he was traveling and teaching wall portraits and the value of wall portraits and also Ken Whitmire. And I, his telephone script uh, has brought in millions of dollars for me over the years. I used to listen to it, Steve, in my little blue Volkswagen. The cassette was just in my car and for probably a year, it's what I listened to. And then I meet this Steve Zapparito and he up levels the whole telephone conversation in a way that just took it to kind of a deeper understanding of how to connect with clients and get them emotionally tongue-tied and get them emotionally connected to the product I'm creating for them. And so I'd love to have you chat more about that, about the emotional conversations and how they lead to happy clients and great sales. And can we dive into that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it starts with, I suppose, your intention, um, which, which governs everything. Uh, I, I, my belief is, is that what we're doing is we're helping people feel their value, find their value, discover what's important to them. And the photography or the photograph is a byproduct. So mm -hmm. not, we're not really selling a canvas. We're not really selling an acrylic or a collection. What we're really selling is um, something that matters to somebody and we're helping them discover because most clients don't really know and haven't thought about, um, haven't really thought about what, is important what is important to them and where their value is so that discovery process over the phone is more about who are you let's discover what your relationship means to you what do you love about this person and for them to hear and open up communication between a couple and a family um, so they can discover um, their their true value and their and what people um, see in them that they don't necessarily see in themselves. Right. I uh, sometimes explain it to my coaching clients that we're helping them fall even deeper in love with their life and the people that are in it, people, the pets and so forth. Like what you taught me, I picture it like we're a fly on the wall in their life looking at at their children at their home at their spouse at their pet and seeing them with clear new eyes and how wonderful they are yeah I, I think to sort of maybe make it a bit clearer i think our our job is to help people um, find ways to go out of their way for each other again mm. So when, when we first meet somebody, we're intrigued and we want to know them. We want to understand them and we make them the most important person in the world to us. And we go out of our way. We give them the time that they deserve. And then over time, um, we begin to give other people more priorities. So I kind of feel that what we're really doing is bringing people back to that time, back to that place where that person that they love 
was the most important person in the world, raise their interest again to rediscover who that person is right now, because over time we do evolve and we forget to look. Mm-hmm. And so taking that time to rediscover that person, giving those people permission to go out of their way for each other again, because a lot of people stop making that effort, stop making that time. So you know, if you were to plan a perfect day for this person, what would that look like? Mm. A day totally dedicated for that person. What would it look like? What would mean something to that person? And then giving them permission to physically um, act that out and, and, and do one thing for that person. And it just changes the way people receive each other. And that couple to photograph is very different to a couple that hasn't been through that experience because they have come in um, as a couple that have fallen in love again. And that's a very different couple to photograph that question i don't know if i would have thought of that in the excitement call um steve calls the phone do you still call it excitement calls we we've switched it to discovery calls okay so so is that one of your great questions in the discovery calls is if you could create the perfect day for your spouse what would it be yeah what would that look like? And then we take them through a process of visualization. Yeah. So, you know, that process of visualization is really important because unless somebody's reliving um, something or unless they're visualizing it in their mind, um, it doesn't become real and they don't really discover um, something meaningful. Mm -hmm. And this is the whole point is that when we begin to photograph something meaningful to somebody um, and when we begin to photograph from an emotional point, um, clients just want, clients want to hold on to that. And suddenly homes that have no wall space uh, and have no, nowhere to display anything have lots of room because people will only display what matters to them. Right. They'll take that uh, mirror or that fish photo or something they got at Ikea right off the wall and put yeah. the beautiful art. Sometimes there's lots of space, but they just haven't allocated it to us because they don't believe, they don't believe that we're going to give them something that they would want to place in a, in a specific area. So, you know, we need to give them that first. So um, one of the things I've noticed that is different um, Sometimes with my coaching clients, they have a list of questions that they've gotten from another teacher that you ask on the phone call. And they're very dry. Like, when was the last time you were photographed? Um, yeah. Uh, what, I don't know. I, I that question usually opens up a can of worms. So. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Why would, you, I, why, would, why, why would you ask that? <laughs> I know. It's like the questions are like something to ask, but the questions are not guiding them to anything. And they generally are uh, the left brain thinking questions, whereas mm. the ones that, and I'd love for you to share a few more um, gems on that, but the ones that you 
train people to ask, uh, get them in, in that right brain emotional state and feeling connected and valued by, by the photographers that are asking those questions and opening up, you know, it's almost, it's a little bit like coaching, you know, it's asking those questions that, that open people's hearts up and give them insight. Would you, am I on track with that? Am I explaining it well? What do you say? No. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Yes and no. Okay, um, good. I think what I teach comes from um, the other the other end of that or the other spectrum, whereby I seem to be spending more time teaching people the um, lost um, the lost skill that we seem to have have lost, which is the skill of listening. Yes, and so a lot more of my focus is um, allowing people to listen and helping people to uh, to ask the sort of questions that will allow them to allow other people to open up. But what most people struggle with is truly listening right. and being able to um, be present in a conversation. Mm-hmm. And the problem with having that list in front of you and the problem with, you know, having an armory of questions is that most people struggle to listen to the answer uh, to those questions because they're already looking for the next question to ask. So right. in your mind, you've already blocked that person out and, and it's impossible to have that conversation with somebody. So if you're asking an open question, you know, like if you were to create a perfect day, um, a day that was per- that was truly to honour that person that you love, what would that look like? What would be happening? She opens her eyes. What's the first thing that you would love to do for her? And that person answers that question. If you're already lining up the next question, you've never, you don't give yourself permission to hear that person. And this is where clients begin to become... Um, dismissive and start to say, well, why do I need to answer these questions? Aren't we just taking a photograph? Because then they're not feeling heard by you. Right. Because a lot of the times when I'm listening back to calls, the next question has nothing to do with whatever the answer to that original question was. And so clients just feel like they're bouncing around and they're going through... um, they're going through a, you know, a, a bank questionnaire um, right. <laughs> rather than you've started a conversation and let's just have a conversation about mm-hmm. something. So really it's, I think it's the most difficult thing people, um, the, the one thing that people struggle with is, is listening. Um, and then when people begin to hire um, team members to help them on the phone, they make the mistake of believing they need to find a good talker. Mm-hmm. When, in actual, when in actual fact, what they need to be looking for is a good listener. I totally agree. And that's something taking improv classes for a couple of years helped me. Uh, have you ever taken improv, Steve? No, no, but I've, 
I've been to my daughter's. Um, she she's doing it, and <sighs> they did it. Parents come in and they they watch, and I I don't don't know how they do it. It's incredible. It's incredible. Watch. Well, so it's you learn the art of listening. Uh, the core in improv is yes and. So acknowledging and being present to what the other person has put forward and then responding to that and, and offering something from that, that where you're, you're really paying attention and you're continuing to forward the action. So for example, the question of creating a perfect day, I would be listening for an, a next cue about well, why is that a special place? Or are there memories that you have there? Or uh, paying attention to what's being offered so that then, then I'm responding in the way that continues to forward the action. And so improv classes are a great way <laughs> to become a better listener. Um, and at the yeah. same time, not just sitting there going, uh-huh, 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 but but engaging in a deep conversation with them totally. that shows you're paying attention and you care and um, yeah, all that good stuff. Am I on yeah. track with that? Am I explaining yeah. that? Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I think um, as human beings, we've been trained to rather than saying the word and we tend to use the word, but, mm -hmm. and we then begin to, we then begin to take the focus of the conversation um, off the client and back to us. So I think that's a great way, you know, to do it by using, you know, the word and, and, and really it, it's about stepping into somebody's shoes and looking at the world through their eyes, seeing, mm -hmm. seeing that person that they love. I want to see that person through your eyes. What does that look like? And really helping people discover it because for 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 a lot of couples, um, they've never heard their why. They've never heard why. Why was I the one mm -hmm. that you chose to spend the rest of your life with? And for many people, this photographic experience becomes a gift in that they've never heard their why. They've never heard what they truly what what it is about them that this other person treasures and falls in love with and that's the gift that we give people through photography it's not about the photography it's about the person and that those gifts that that person has that somebody else values so and, and that's what we that's what we're giving people mm-hmm so if someone has a pet that they want to be photographed either with or without them, um, what kinds of questions do you start with to initiate those deep heart, con heart conversations? It would depend because, because a lot of the times when we, when we do, um, when we do our marketing, we're asking people, um, to write down in 20 words or less why they would love this photographic experience. Um, and, and if we were doing a pet one, maybe um, one of those questions would be in the marketing because we want to begin to filter people that truly value their pets. Mm -hmm. Maybe 
maybe in the marketing we would do a call out and it would say wanted um, dogs that re- dogs that rescued my family. Mm. And, and so then that would then lead to people filtering people who believe that um, their dog has helped one of their children. Um, they thought they were rescuing a dog, but in actual fact, that dog has rescued them mm-hmm. in some way. And so that original piece of marketing is already beginning to filter people. And then that, those 20 words or less that people are writing um, give us uh, a heads up on what those next questions could be. Such as? Um, so, you know, they might, you know, if they're writing um, something like if, if we do wanted dogs that, uh, you know, wanted dogs that have saved, um, saved my family, have rescued my family and they write something about, you know, and, and you know, this is a true, the, you know, these are all true examples coming from that marketing piece. Um, I thought, I thought I was rescuing, um, what was his name? Casper. I thought I thought I was rescuing Casper, um, but in actual fact, I didn't realize how alone I was. Mm. Um, and he filled something in my life where I feel I feel loved, and he gives me the attention um, that I've been longing for. And then that's where you know you would then draw on their words because their key words in that is you know. She wants to feel loved. So how does he show you that love? Mm-hmm. So that would be one of the, one of the key questions. So, you know, when Casper is loving on you and you're feeling absolutely, absolutely loved by Casper, take me to a time when he absolutely showed you that he absolutely loved you. Where were you? What was happening? And you begin to unfold that situation so then that client can enter a space of visualization and begin to rediscover things that she didn't take the time to think about. Mm-hmm. And she can then have, you know, a transformational experience because she's now looking at this situation and appreciating it from um, the point of view that she has to explain it to somebody. The thing that I also think has high value in this kind of conversation is when people feel like you like them and are interested in them, they naturally like us. I often uh, tell people when I'm trying to just, just tell them kind of the telephone 1A of the first part of a conversation to get things warmed up. I was at a PPA convention and I was at a table in the back uh, where you buy a bad hamburger because in the trade show, you know what I'm talking about, in the little (laughs) booth because you don't want to leave. And so I was at a table with 10 other photographers and, you know, we were talking about all kinds of different things and this and that, photography, where you're from, blah, 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 blah. And then one of the women started asking me questions about myself and asking me more questions and listening. And, and I remember feeling like, I really like her. <laughs> and the truth is, it was it, nothing about her. It was because she was 
focusing attention on me and aren't we all just desperately hungry to be seen and heard and then also yeah. to see and hear ourselves that's from what you're sharing i'm uh kind of getting reminded that that your um your discovery call format is helping people discover themselves and those they love in a deeper way and i think that's what the biggest mistake or the biggest sort of hurdle for a lot of people is that when they jump on the phone they believe that it's about them talking and about them telling telling the client about themselves um where in actual fact what we should be doing is um helping the clients discover what matters to them mm -hmm. helping helping them feel valuable enough to be photographed because that's what most people's hurdle is about booking they don't truly feel valuable enough um, to be photographed professionally they don't feel heard they don't feel loved and for somebody that can allow them to feel loved sorry allow them to feel firstly heard and secondly loved um, help them find what matters to them it really does help them uh, value what we do so we, we're then not having to sell we're not having to convince them to book we're not having to convince them to buy um, because we're giving them something that matters to them steve how do you think all of this impacts the bottom line or you know people are like oh there's so much competition and everyone's giving their work away and they give all the digital files and i you know, I have to do things that way. How do you think this method, um, I hate to call it a method because that sounds like a trick, but having the heart to really get to know your clients and focus on them, how does that impact your business? Well, I've seen complete transformations in the people that I train. Um, they've gone from struggling to book, struggling, to charge um having those conversations where you're too expensive this is too expensive to um they're booking people consistently uh, with almost every conversation that they have um, marketing becomes a lot simpler i've got some people that you know their marketing is taking the kids to the park and talking to somebody and they normally will come back with one or two bookings wow. um, just because they've gone to the park and struck a conversation with somebody. So uh, the impact is huge because it removes competition in that people, people no longer can compare um, you to anybody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're like crazy about us by that time. So how, how could they want to be photographed by anybody else? It created this heart connection that unless they absolutely cannot find the finances for some legitimate reasons I'm guessing you've had experience where then people like will pay whatever they need to to uh, work with your client your quote the people that you coach yeah it's incredible um, when from a client's point of view, when something matters to them, suddenly 
they have the finances. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when we help them discover something that matters to them and we give that to them and we photograph them, uh, that brings out that part of them that they've been searching for. And that piece of artwork then becomes a reminder of who they truly are and a trigger for them to feel something that matters to them. Suddenly they don't have any issue in paying and they don't, they, they somehow find the money. Obviously people who have limited resources will always have limited resources, but that tends to come up in the beginning. And so a lot of people, because of the way we do this, are prepared to go on payment plans to have their artwork before we photograph them. So they might go, they'll delay the shoot because they will, oh my God, it's going to, you know, if you're telling me this is going to be $1,500, I really want this, I really love this, but I don't have the money right now. Um, those people are prepared to then go on a payment plan and maybe we'll delay the shoot for a month or two. So by the time they do come in, they don't have to feel embarrassed about that. And, and I think the difference too is that when we do quote people and we've, we've told, and you've got to be open and transparent in, in telling people what you believe they're going to be spending with you, they truly believe that they're going to spend that money. When we do it this way and they can see and they, they feel something that matters to them, they honestly believe that they're going to be buying whatever it is that we're telling them. Whereas most people that will, will go down the route of the average person spends and, you know, the smallest photo is, the clients don't truly believe that they're going to be spending a lot of money with them. Whereas this, the way, when we do it this way, people truly believe that they want that artwork. They truly hear the price because they can see the artwork coming to life. And they're committed to having it. So they, they tend to put money aside from that moment that you have the first conversation in the belief that they, they're excited about this and want to spend that money. Mm-hmm. Do, so do I understand you right that with some people, you'll do a payment plan where it starts before the session? Yeah. That's cool. Yep. I like that. How do you... Well, I mean, if they're, if they're excited and you've connected them to something that matters to them and you've taken them through that process of visualization and they're visualizing this on their wall, a lot of people want to go on a payment plan because it's easier for them. Mm-hmm. Before we even pick up the camera. Well, don't people, don't you tend to save for something before you go to the shop and buy it? Isn't it the same thing? It is. And it's pretty upside down from industry standard which is let's get the session and then uh, wow them with the photographs and then they'll buy what they love and then they'll have payment plans after that. So I love how you uh, help them expect to invest well way before you even pick up the camera and have that opportunity to um, start collecting the money that they're setting aside anyway. So uh, am, am I, am I on track? Is that what, is that what? Yeah, you absolutely. Do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that the difference is we truly, we truly help people believe that they're going to want this. And because of the conversations we have, they know that they're, they're going to be spending because we're open and honest about it. We're not hiding behind, um, you know, a, a spiel and, we're quoting for what we believe the clients 
uh, will want will want to buy. So they they're getting prepared for that because they have a goal now of what they what they need to be saving for before they even come to us. I love it. And really, Lucy, we're not here about just maintaining industry standards, right? No, no, of course not. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I love <laughs> if we're flipping if we're flipping everything on its head. Then, I love it. You know, that's a great thing, right? Yeah, to say, why are we doing this this way? Why can't we think about it in a different way? And because when people contact us, they know they're going to be spending something. So yeah. by helping them truly anticipate the investment, um, the sticker shock is not so um, shocking or sticky. <laughs> there should never be sticker shock. Okay because we have to first build the value and we have to um, help people feel valuable enough to be photographed. And when we help people feel valuable, then there is no sticker shock. So number one is build the value. Number two is help them feel valued. Yeah, because people will only spend up to what they believe they are worth. It's, not, it about, it's not about how much we are worth as photographers. It's not about how much our bills are because our clients have to pay our bills. Clients tend to spend up to the value that they think they are worth. That is true about everything. Yeah. Like if somebody believes they deserve a $5,000 pair of shoes, they're going to go and buy a $5,000 pair of shoes if they have the money. So if that, so number one, you build the value, help them feel valued. And then was there a number three in that list? Yeah. Get out of their way. Ah. Number three, number three, well, number three is it's their experience, not yours. So your guilt about how much anybody's spending um, to show somebody how much they love them or they feel as though they need to balance or provide balance back into their home because they've been trading time for money for so long that that person now feels as though they need to restore balance by doing the retail therapy thing and spending money on their family, spending money on their children, spending money on their wife or money on their husband. Mm. It's not your experience. So you got to give them permission to restore whatever balance they need without you getting in the way. Hmm. Very interesting way to put that and to think about this. And I'm sure some of my listeners are, having their minds blown. <laughs> I hope it's not too messy. Well, I know, you know, from my own personal experience, I'm traveling the world and all of my work is overseas. So I'm flying away. And for my children who are back at home, you know, I'm gone for a week or two weeks and there's a lot of guilt on my part because I don't get to see them they're missing me and I feel as though I need to, you know, buy them something or show them that I'm thinking of them because I've, I've looked for something thoughtful or, um, and, and really it doesn't really matter how much it costs, but I feel better. And this has happened to me a number of times where I've walked in to a store thinking, oh my God, this would be perfect for Kiara. She absolutely loves it. And the salesman then gives me some ridiculous discount and then it doesn't fulfill me anymore. Mm. 
And I then have to find something else because in my head, the price was this much. And then, you know, he's gone and taken that away from me. And I then have to look for something extra because I really needed to spend a certain amount of money to feel good about um, what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> as, a, as a woman that enjoys shopping, and of course I do like bargains, but occasionally when it's something special. I don't want to go to a discount store and find something. I want to have the whole experience and I want to remember the experience of the purchase. Yeah. And if that experience is all about discounting um, when I'm trying to love on somebody, and this is what people are doing when they're purchasing photography. They're loving on that person. They want to show that person that they matter to them. Um, whereas I think a lot of the industry believes that the love, when people buy our photography, they're loving on us, the photographer. They're loving on our work, our skill. Our... It's not about that. It's about what does this mean for you to have this? What does it mean for you to, to have a photograph that, that reminds your son every day how confident he can be? Mm -hmm. That one photograph that shows his confidence so that every day when he wakes up, he starts his day feeling confident. What is that going to do to that child every day to feel that confidence? Because that photograph or that piece of artwork is a trigger for him because that's what you know, the parents value about him and that's, you know, what, what they believe and, and that becomes an emotional anchor. Mm -hmm. and, and, our, and, you know, our photography is nothing more than an emotional anchor for somebody. It's got to make somebody feel something. It's got to speak to somebody. And unless we find out what our client's words are, unless we find out what that is that they want to hear and what they have to say, then it's impossible to saturate our photography with what's important to our clients. Saturate our photography with what's important to the client. That beautifully said, Steve. So when, 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 when our photography is saturated with what matters to our clients, money doesn't matter anymore. Right. They find, they find the money. They don't ask. They don't even care how much it costs in most cases because they've found something that has, we've helped them find something that they felt as though they've lost or they felt that has always been there, but nobody else has given them permission to explore it or find it in themselves. And what we do is transformational to many individuals. And what we do is transformational to marriages and families and, and their relationships. So, you know, when I spend a lot of time interviewing the clients of my clients, so the people that are being photographed. And when I interview them, they talk about a transformational experience and they talk about the fact that uh, they now... So we've had clients tell us that we've saved their marriage. We've had clients tell us that um, they've never been able... They've never had uh, a relationship like they've had with their children since, um, since their photographic experience. And, you know, when you talk to a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old that says to you, you know, mum and dad were never home and we always come home and there's nobody there. And then after the photographic shoot, 
they feel as though their parents are now present for them and that there is somebody home for them. There was always somebody home. It was a babysitter, but in that child's mind, there was nobody home. But now when they walk into that room and there's that photograph, reminds them of everything about their family that, that's good and that they've had those conversations and um, they had so much fun on that day. They, they've got something to look forward to because now mum and dad make time for them on the weekend and they make more time for them when they come home. So those kids are now talking about the fact that they look forward to coming home and it's not long before mum and dad come home. They don't feel as empty. Right. So it's just important. It's incredible to be able to interview um, the clients of the people that I'm training and, and really seeing that we are making a difference to people's um people's relationships and we are making a difference to their ability to go out of their way and we are giving people permission to you know sit down for 10 minutes and play with their child before they attack the computer with the work that they've brought home you know taking the time to read them a story and not just read them a story but be present while you're doing it not because you feel as though okay let's get this over with and you skip two pages at a time they're truly taking the time to be present so that's exciting that's what's exciting about what we do yeah and it sounds like this higher calling that can exist with what we do a deeper understanding about how we can use our gifts and our passion and our interest in photography to change people's lives beyond having nice photos on the wall we need to we need to stop selling photos lucy right this isn't about this isn't selling about this isn't about selling photos this isn't about selling artwork this is about people this is about who are you what is unique about you what is it that you love about this person what do you have to say and the photos sell themselves like it's just a it's a consequence you know, and our goal needs to be to help people discover what what's meaningful to them rather than just focus on, I've got to get a booking, I've got to get a booking. If we connect with somebody and help them feel valuable, help them feel worthy, they'll just book. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining there are listeners who are thinking, I'm not that good of a photographer that I can change people's lives. Like I can take good photographs people enjoy, but I'm not somebody that knows how to, I don't know what we'd be picturing to create that, but I don't know if my photography skills are up for that. What do you say to that person? It has nothing to do with photography skills. This is about being a human being. So even if the photography is nice portraits that wouldn't win any awards, they're going to be valued because the experience that we create for them, the whole process is this is going to be like, like the award on the mantle that reminds you of the love of the connection of the value. Am I I on track with that or am I? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, in reality, and let's look at the real world, you know, there are photographers who are less skilled technically as photographers that are making a heap of money. Right. And there are photographers out there that win every award that make no money. Mm-hmm. So is it really a factor of how great a photographer you are? Right. Um, I, think, I think that you need to have, in order to be a professional photographer, obviously you need to have skill. And my assumption is that, you know, you have 
some level of skill as a photographer. But, you know, when you think about what people go through to win awards, when you think about, and I don't know what really what it's like in America, but in, even in Australia, they have critique nights and they discuss what the judges are looking for and they discuss what, what you know, what the themes are, you know, what each category means. And, and we pour ourselves into understanding what the judges want, what are they looking for, what do the categories mean, where, where does what I want to do fit into that category. When we take the same level of passion to find out what our true judges are at the time, which are our clients, what are they looking for? What do they want to see? What do they want highlighted? What is their message? What do they want to say to their children? What do they want to say to each other? What is that one thing that they felt as though they've lost that they want to get back? And how can I help them do that? When we put the same amount of energy into each one of our clients to truly get the brief, to truly understand what they want to say, then we are creating award-winning photographers, award-winning photographs for our clients mm. and our award. And our reward is the fact that they're willing to pay us sometimes fifteen, twenty thousand dollars um, for this experience. Not everyone's going to spend that money, um, but those people that have it will. People will spend up to what they think that they are worth. And we just need to get out of the way. But when we pour ourselves into our clients and we truly put that same effort into understanding them, understanding what they want, understanding their message and helping them find that message, then we don't have to worry about the money. Right. So it's not, it's not like there's a style of photography that does this or something that needs to change in that regard other than paying more attention to what's important and keeping that in mind during the sessions so yeah. that there are some of those moments that you might not get the father with the son. Um, like one of my clients said, the only thing I want out of this is at least one picture where my son is looking at me as if he likes me because as a teenager, he's been very cold and I know he loves me and he was that way younger. And I will really, really consider successful is, is a photograph where I can remember that my son likes and values me. And when I presented her with a range of beautiful portraits, and then there were several where he like he went to, I don't know if it was West Point, but he's very military and he's like 17 going on 27 or 47. You know, he's a kind of stiff kind of kid, but I managed to catch those moments when he was with her, either looking at her or the two of them together. And she cried when she saw it because now as he went off to military school and he's probably a big shot officer by now, she always remembers how much her son values and loves her. So I'm thinking that's kind of on track with what you're putting forward here. Sort of. If you were my client, I would be asking you, well, when you called, and what was his, whatever his name is, let's call him Brad. When you called Brad um, and you asked him, 
you know, what it was you know, about his mother that he misses the most. What does he look forward to the most when he comes home? And for you to be able to answer that as the photographer and for you to call him and truly give her that gift mm. and then truly elicit something. So maybe, and we've had these conversations with, with people, you know, I specifically remember a single mum who um, she was coming in for photos and she's always worked two jobs and she's held a lot of guilt because, you know, when we asked about her children, she's not, she's, she was like, my kids hate me. You know, any time I spend with them, I'm always yelling at them um, to get their homework done. I don't have time for them and my kids just hate me. And that was her story. But then when we called her son, and, and I think this is that next step, that next level that I don't know whether you were really alluding to, that next level of calling that teenager and calling that son. And when we called him, he said, what I love the most about mum is that she makes me feel and makes me successful because she won't let me get away with anything. Mm. If it wasn't for mum, I wouldn't do my homework. I wouldn't clean my room and the one thing that i respect the most is that he makes me the best person i can be so you're taking this and i remember from our classes that or the the workshop that i was in and just also hanging out with you many times <laughs> it's not just about talking to the wife and asking those deep questions but getting the dad on the phone the husband on the phone and having another deep conversation. This is the first I've heard uh, taking it to talking to the children as well. So that's pretty revolutionary as well. You need to come back to classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when they'll let you back in Australia. Well, I mean, in from well, Australia. If you, were truly, if you were truly listening, the client told you that's what she wanted you to do. She told you that she wants a photograph that represents how she wants her son to look at her and she's pretty much told you that you need to find out something that he likes about me mm. and when you do that and you call that will be an incredible photograph to her so right. in, in her in this mother's case this single mother's case the one thing she held the most guilt about throughout her life was the one thing that her son valued in her the most mm. and that that freed her. That one thing completely freed her. And that allowed them to have a relationship like nothing else. So can you imagine what these photographs look like when somebody walks in freed and, fe and feels as though their children do love them and do appreciate them as opposed to if we didn't call him and her coming into this photographic experience believing that her children hate her right that's a whole other shoot that's a whole other experience totally and in the case in the case that you're talking about we've had similar cases with military people these men gush and cry on the phone when you ask them these questions and they'll give you they'll give you things they'll you know if you if you were to ask him what do you look forward to the most what do you miss the most about being away from home and what do you look forward to the most about going home and they give you something, then when you photograph them 
and you begin to bring that in and say, I want you to imagine that you're coming home and I want you to think about that thing that you absolutely look forward to. And you take those photographs, you've just, you've just added the third dimension to a two-dimensional product. Mm. You've just saturated You've just saturated that photograph with the emotion and the meaning that that person truly wants and it now becomes a three-dimensional piece of artwork rather than a two-dimensional piece of artwork. I get it. I get it. Wow. Well, we could talk on and on, which we've been known to do. Um, (laughs) How does someone get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Well, um, through my website, which is Steve Saparito Education, um, I actually have a, a free course at the moment, which we've done specifically for these times of COVID. Um, and I've, you know, through some of the trainings, we've interviewed people that are doing some really incredible things um, for their community and doing some really incredible things, um, which leads to bookings. And there's no reason why we can't be successful um, during lockdown. So there's lots of interviews with people that are, are doing incredible things, running very successful, running very successful businesses, even in these times. So, um, and that's in our positively proactive course. So join that, have a listen to what people are doing. I've sent you the link for that. Okay. So steveseparitoeducation.teachable.com slash courses slash enrolled slash 817153 in case someone does not get to the profitable photographer podcast.com to see my show notes but that's the easiest way to find them is through my show notes steve separato education it'll come up look for the courses there's one called positively proactive and that's being proactive and positive during a time that you know the rest of the world really isn't so I'd love to ask you to give me your last word or if there's something you've left out, something you want to be sure that people take away from today, whether you didn't say it yet or something burning in your heart. So uh, what would that be, my friend? It's not about the money and it's not about your photography. Our business is about people. Our business is about helping people feel valuable and helping people find um, their their superpowers. And when we do that, the rest of it takes care of itself. We need to focus on being incredible human beings, especially in times like now, and helping people discover their superpowers and, you know, what's important to them. I love it. I love it. I love it. it. (laughs) Thank you, Steve, for being on my show. I really, really appreciate uh, you taking the time all the way in Australia in the morning to chat with me in the evening. (laughs) So thank you. Well, good. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I hope it wasn't too many rainbows and unicorns, but that's (laughs) what it is. I love those rainbows and unicorns. And um, to my listeners, (laughs) be sure to uh, stay tuned for my wrap-up. So that's it. And bye for now, Steve. Thank you so much, Lucy. It was awesome catching up again. It's been too long. I don't know about you, but he went places in this conversation that are so powerful and challenging in a good way to really be of service to our clients, to 
bring out from them just so much deeper connection with the people they love, with their children, with their spouses, with their pets. Um, so before I do the little wrap up, which it's kind of hard to <laughs> pull this all together because I have so many great notes. Um, I just want to remind you that by sharing this podcast with others, you are helping them and you're supporting the podcast and you're doing some good deeds. So think about who you could email this to or uh, send a little Facebook and say, hey, have a listen. And be sure to get in touch if you would like to schedule a quick chat about anything that I can do to support you in your photography business. So a few little notes for my wrap up. Steve loves to help people focus on what they love about each other, having them have that experience that they had when they first fell in love or when they first looked at their newborn or they first brought a puppy home. One of his rich questions is if you could create a perfect day for the one you love, describe that. I thought that was a really interesting uh, kind of question that we can ask uh, during phone calls. And for me, it would also be at an in-person consultation. In his coaching, other photographers, he helps them learn the lost art of listening. We've been trained to think of our next question rather than listening and letting what they share with us bring out the question. So in the initial phone calls, consultations, he's suggesting, and I'm all for that, that we want to step into their world and discover who they are. And then the photographic session becomes a gift when we learn their why, why they love a person, why that relationship is important. It helps them discover it. And I think that all my notes keep looping back to that, helping our clients feel heard and loved and remember what matters to them, that this is all about them. We want to get ourselves out of the equation and be serving. And um, I also love that in his process, he helps people understand they're going to be investing well. And they start planning for that. So there's no surprise at the end. He even takes advanced payments, which is awesome. And then he summarized a one, two, three step <laughs> is number one, we build the value in the mind of our clients to our work. Two, we help them feel valued. And three, we get out of the way because this is their experience and we let that unfold. And when I asked him a quick summary, he said, it's not about money, it's about people, helping people feel valuable, helping people find their superpowers, help them focus on themselves and the people they love. Now, if you ever have a chance to be in one of his longer workshops where you get to go through some of his step-by-step -step systems for this, if you're ever able to take a three-day workshop or any workshop with him where he's giving you some of the step-by-steps and people are practicing with each other, this will have even more richness to it. And some of these steps will be a little easier to visualize than it may be initially 
but it all boils down to serving our clients, focusing on our clients, offering them a relationship with us and unfolding their relationships that they have with those they love even deeper. So I loved, uh, you know, one of my fun things about going to PPA conventions is that I get to hang out with people that I've met along the way, like Steve, and continue these rich conversations. And I love that about being a podcaster now. <laughs> so, so thank you for listening so that I know that uh, I can keep it talking to people that I love to chat with and hopefully share some value with you. So again, stay in touch and bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.